Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Hello, and welcome to this episode of That's What She Said, called How to Lose 100 Pounds in About an Hour. So if we're going for clickbait, this is the most clickbaity thing ever, but it also doesn't make it any less accurate. Uh, I'm going to come back to that, though, because there are two things to talk about before we jump in. The first thing is when I had mentioned a few episodes ago in the How to Fucking Communicate intro that people often don't email back, that thousands of people open my emails every week and often I get no replies, sometimes one reply, sometimes two or three. That was shocking to people and I got more replies about the lack of replies (laughs) than I usually get in total replies. But one of the people who I will keep anonymous told me something that I think is really important and this is a quote. So quote, for me, one of the biggest reasons is that I didn't think my thoughts actually matter. To me, it always feels like when there's a question in the newsletter or you say, email me about X on your podcast, that you're not actually wanting to hear from me, but from other air quotes here, more important people. And I thought a lot of people are replying, so I didn't want to waste too much of your time, end quote. So here's the deal. You may sense that at some level I have very strong boundaries, and that is true. But the other part of that is that I don't ever, 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 ever ask for feedback, input, advice, the answers to questions, or to talk to me in any format or for any reason, unless I mean it. That there's a lot of engagement that I don't get on Instagram because I'm not asking questions that require answers most of the time. That's like a secret to engagement that I'm like, But if I'm not going to treat it like I actually care, then I'm just not going to ask the question. So every time that I ask for feedback or I ask you to talk to me or I ask a question or I ask for any sort of anything that involves you talking to me, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. And if I don't mean it, then I don't say it. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is true for all of my life, but in particular with communication, because if I'm inviting it, then yes, talk to me. And my only request is that you be kind. And then whatever it is, we'll deal with and we'll talk about. And I am absolutely willing to go to all the places and talk about all of the things. And it is my joy and my delight to know that not only are people listening via, I can see stats happening, but like you, a human, are actually listening to me. There is no one, quote unquote, more important talking to me. I am not in negotiations with Oprah at the moment. So until Oprah is knocking, um, there is no one more important. Like, <laughs> it's fine. When I say talk to me, it's okay to talk to me. And speaking of talking to me, that brings us to number two, which is KK on tap, which is open. And um, the doors actually just opened as I'm recording this. So I can't tell you an exact number, but I can say in terms of spots available, but I can say that as of this moment, more than half the spots are gone. So, and it's now a week later when you're listening to this at least. So you should probably talk to me if you'd like to take part in KK on tap. And here's what it is. One of the biggest struggles for people that desperately want to work with me is coming up with a monthly payment that's reasonable and providing them support as they need it from wherever they are in the world. So KK on Tap is about a full year of support virtually, so from anywhere that you are in the world and with the lowest monthly payment that I've ever had for my coaching. Those are the three things that we've combined to make it's possible for you to have a quarterly one-on-one -on -one call, a quarterly group coaching call, access to my program archives, access to any uh, programs or workshops that I make up to a $1,000 value, uh, and a 15-minute phone-a-friend call, plus, of course, like email support in between. So you have me on your side for a whole year, and um, I couldn't be more excited about doing that. And that's part of my desire to have a really, really, really soft, stable income and not to have big like launches and launches and launches and, and projects and that sort of a thing. So, um, yeah, I think it will be fantastic for us both. And you can find details at kristenkalp.com slash tap. You will find a pretty brochure with more details and the buy link and all of that good stuff. Or you can just email me and I'll send it to you at k at kristenkalp.com. Bada bing. Now let's talk about how to lose a hundred pounds in about an hour. And that title is purposely clickbaity. And it's all about how there are these programs, these endless diet programs that are like, uh, how to lose, you know, like three pounds in 30 minutes or three days or whatever. And it's playing on that, but it's also acknowledging that when the Western world talks about losing weight, we are nearly always referring to our physical bodies. My argument is let's ignore your physical body entirely. I do not care about how much you weigh at all. Everything else in your life has weight too. Your possessions, your financial choices, your emotions, your worries. And those things matter and those things carry a great deal of weight. And this is weight not in the diet world sense or the Weight Watcher sense. This is weight in the heavy sense. That if we throw you in the ocean and you're not wearing any clothing, you're much more likely to float than if we throw you in wearing a 300 pound weight, right? That heavy is going to naturally cause a sinking and it's gonna, it can cause a lot of other things to happen. And you might not connect that weight, um, possession weight, financial weight, emotional weight, worry weight with what's going on in your life. You might think that you're just broken or wrong or your asshole brain is going to tell you that you're, you just give up, right? So in this episode of the podcast, I want to dive deeper into what it looks like to lose weight beyond caring about whether or not you have a thigh gap because your thigh gap is 
the least interesting thing about you. I promise. The goal here is to feel lighter. It is not to be a minimalist who only owns three tank tops and a toothbrush. Okay, so it's not maximum minimalism. And it is, on the other side of that, not full KonMari Marie Kondo type situation. Okay, this is about choose any of these tasks, give them an hour or less, 20 minutes maybe, and see how you feel. If you feel lighter, we've succeeded. Again, the goal is to devote one hour to any of this work and then let me know how it went. And you can tell me how it went at kakristenkelp.com, which means actually talk to me. And if I suddenly have 72,000 responses, I will let you know. But until then, yes, talk to me. Okay, so let's lose weight in physical but not bodily, financial, and emotional ways, starting with the physical. Doing a quick possession purge, TM, not really TM, but whatever, trademark, fine, helps you free up all sorts of energy that your asshole brain tells you has nothing to do with why you can't get around to doing X, but of course it has everything to do with X, okay? And I'm going to remind you one more time because this is so important. This is not an all or nothing activity. Please do not dump everything you own into a pile and then sort it according to what sparks joy. Excuse me, because I'm pretty sure that people... There are people that can handle that method, um, but I have never met a single one of them. Most people just end up with big piles of junk that they've dumped out of every place that they usually keep their junk. So these are more ideas for tackling tiny projects, really annoying things you want to get around to someday, and completely doable activities that move that getting lighter needle forward. And this is lighter in the sense of your whole being. This has not lighter in terms of your um, your scale, okay? There is no need for a 30-day challenge, a set of hashtags, or a before and after reveal. Just do the work. I love you. And also, just do the work. So the first way to do this is option one, a closet or a drawer dive. So if you don't want to tackle your whole closet, just tackle a single drawer, preferably the messiest drawer. I did this recently. I do this basically fall and then uh, spring. And I got, you know, like 20 pounds of clothing. Like, where did these 20 pounds of clothing come from? No fucking clue, man. I don't know how I do this. And so you just, you just continue to somehow things accrue and you continue to disperse them. According to Magical Internet's articles, the average American woman has 103 items of clothing in her wardrobe, but she considers 21% to to be unwearable, 33% too tight, and 24% too loose, according to a survey of 1,000 women. A further 12% of the wardrobe is occupied by new, unworn clothing, leaving just 10% available. And 10%, well, that's not really an outfit, is it? So the deal here is to get rid of what this survey points out, the unwearable, the too tight, and the too loose, and take the tags off the rest. Unwearable, too tight, too loose, take the tags off the rest. And bonus for all of you that are under 40 and you have those fucking bridesmaids dresses that you paid a shit ton for and you promised yourself you're going to wear again, you're never going to wear them again. Just get rid of them. It's okay. It, it's all right. Just do it. <laughs> like, it is both painful and annoying to get rid of them, but just get rid of them. You'll feel so much better and you'll have so much more room because puffy dresses take up way more room in a closet than the rest of your clothing. 
If a closet or a drawer dive is like, eh, I'm pretty good there. A bookshelf purge is fantastic. So that is simply my bookworms. You know where you are. Look at your nightstand. Have any of those books been there for more than a year? You are not going to read them. I love you. You are not going to read them. Just take them and give them to friends. Give them to a local book sale. Give them to your local library for a book sale. Put them in your little free library outside. Just generally move them out and give them to people who are actually going to read them. And if your aspirational self says you're going to read them, your real self has to sort of step in and be like, you're you're not. You've looked at that book every night for a year and you haven't picked it up. She says knowingly because she has also done this. Okay. So see if you can get rid of 10 books. Boom, done, 10 books. Next up, next option, desk cleanup. So if you're one of those people that has like the super insane explosion of papers on your desk, set a timer for 20 minutes and begin to go through the shuffle. Mostly just throwing papers into the recycle bin and moving through and moving through and moving through. It's annoying, it's terrible, but it's one of those dreaded, weighty, heavy tasks. And when you do it, you will feel so much better. A garage purge. So there is always stuff lurking in garages that should have been thrown out a long time ago. Can you fill a single trash bag and then go back to whatever you had planned for today? So a single trash bag might be like, I found two comforters that are supposed to be donated to somewhere that I forgot about. And you put them in a trash bag and that trash bag is now full. And then go back to whatever you had planned today. The idea is not that you take up a bunch of time, but that you make a habit of seeing where you can get lighter and then taking that opportunity. Next up, you can curb it, whatever it is. On trash night, if I put fully functional things with little signs on that say free and works, and once I broke up with a juicer by saying, it's not, uh, it's not you, it's me, um, still works, um, you just put it on the curb and people will take it. Um, now, if you are, like my friend's, uh, who are moving, there was a very painful negotiation and it involved trying to negotiate curbing 11 pieces of furniture that my friend has never liked, but kept moving from house to house because the items were quote, fine, quote, practical and quote, still useful. The question to ask then, if you have that inner squirrel that needs to hold on to practical, useful things is, did I get my money's worth? In particular, if something is a hand-me-down or a gift or you got it for free, you automatically get your money's worth and you can send it along without any sort of issue whatsoever. Finally, we have the storage unit purge. Did you know, according to the interwebs and the Self-Storage Association, there is an average of 21 feet of self-storage space available for every American household? And 65% of Americans who rent a storage unit have a garage, but rent one anyway. Okay, so that's a bigger task, a storage unit purge, getting rid of your storage unit. But this often frees up tons of energy, even though you would never connect having bursting closets full of shit you can't find with being unable to think clearly about your future or your goals. This is all connected. This is all related, but it's not in obvious ways. Some bonus ways to make peace with the purge as you think about this, because I know you're just listening through, you're not actually doing the things. Uh, one, you can free yourself of outdated technology. That's a really easy thing to purge. You do not need three Walkmans and four DVD players and two VCRs just in case. 
You do not need any broken electronic items ever. If it's broken, get it fixed, repair it, donate it, or don't donate it. Because sometimes someone can use this as a lie. Maybe they can, but is it worth the time and effort it takes to sell, repair, or rehome the object? Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of these dudes, but the minimalists uh, did say one thing that struck me one time. <laughs> and uh, it was how they decided whether to keep or get rid of a bunch of stuff. And it was, can this be replaced for under $15 in under 15 minutes? Then it goes. And that's how you get rid of like the random junk drawers full of garbage. Can this be replaced for under $15 in under 15 minutes? Then I can get rid of it. And I'm not talking about stuff that you legit use all the time. I'm talking about the stuff that you just, that you grasp so tightly, even though you haven't used it in years, but someday, maybe, or uh, somebody gave it to you and you feel bad about letting it go. Just let it move in the great flow of things out of your life, out of your home and into the great adventure that comes next, whatever that is for this object. Okay. The second way to lose weight is financially. And surprisingly, this is not about budgeting. I get that it's really easy to let your inboxes clog up, particularly in your business, to let those monthly services that you don't use add up to hundreds of dollars a month because $9.99 is so cheap, right? Um, it's easy to take on clients you can't actually stand because you tell yourself that you need the dollars. Financial weight is not going to show up as clutter. It's going to show up as obligation, dread, barely paying the bills, overspending even though you have enough money for the bills, and avoiding financial things of all kinds. So if you find that accounts, receipts, statements, and all things financial are no-fly zones, you probably could use some financial moving and shaking. First, and this is really helpful actually, delete books, programs, or free resources that you've already completed or that you don't need. The odds of you going back to them are practically zero. The odds of you using a free resource that you've never opened or used are so, so small that we need an electron microscope to see them. It's okay to clear it. Whether you've completed it or not, the money is gone and all we're getting rid of is the guilt of the sunk cost. Just delete it and move along. And you're like, I have so many terabytes of space, I will just keep it. That is sort of, that's an energetic form of hoarding. Just let it, let it go. Let it all go. You can also just cancel services you don't regularly use. I will guess that for every human being listening to this, you have at least two services you don't regularly use. And it might be something just recurring on iTunes for like 99 cents a month. It might be something much larger, but I guarantee you can get rid of two of them. On the other side of those books, programs, and resources, I want you to complete courses or programs you've already purchased. And this can be as simple as scheduling it. Okay, so I'm not going to have a free moment until X, February, let's just say. Then I just schedule two hours here and two hours here and two hours here and two hours here to do this in February. The end. Done. And then you don't have to worry about it until then, but you still make good use of it. Finally, this is the hardest one. You can fire clients who make you cringe every time you talk to them, or eventually 
You learn to actively turn down money from clients who aren't a good fit long before you take their money. And by not good, I mean nightmarish or possibly nightmarish or just really annoying. Um, you fire them or you just learn to not take them on, that they are not worth the energetic risk. So Introverts at Work is my book that is all about how to be less vanilla and attract the right peeps. So if you want to learn more about that, you can head on over to my website and pick it up. Finally, there's energetic weight and losing energetic weight gets really interesting because there is no way of quantifying how much lighter you're going to feel after you complete any of these activities. So effectively, these are shortcuts to living a better life that cost a touch of vulnerability. And that's all. And there's no, again, there's no way to quantify this, but you will feel better. The first thing, uh, and there's a whole podcast episode about this, is to tell on yourself that if there is something that you are actively hiding or shaming yourself for, when you tell on yourself to a person that you love, that you trust, that you are safe with, that has earned your trust, and or a paid professional, when you tell on yourself, you are freeing up a whole bunch of energetic bandwidth because you're not spending all of your time trying to hide or cloak or mask a secret or quote unquote, something that's wrong with you or something that's bothering you or something that you're going through. It is tremendously important to tell on yourself. Two, and this can also be a super easy one, you can cancel obligations that you've been dragging your feet on. So if you said you would do something and then for some reason you're just not doing it, cancel. If you said you would hire someone but it just doesn't feel right anymore, cancel. If you put down a deposit but you don't want to pay the rest of the money, cancel. Cancel, 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 cancel. Canceling is a really fast way to gain energetic points and lose energetic weight. Number three, you can put down your perfectionism. Energetically, perfectionism is a constant, continuous drain on your soul. I'm going to say that again because it's pretty fucking brilliant. Energetically, perfectionism is a constant, continuous drain on your soul. If you think I'm being dramatic, I'm not. I'm not saying don't try. I'm not saying don't do your best. I'm saying that perfectionism often causes you to hold back, to doubt, to criticize, to say later and later and later, to procrastinate, to hold up something that could have been out in the world three years ago because of a perfect font choice or a different um, layout issue, right? Um, perfectionism is ultimately not interesting. It is a really, really smart way for your asshole brain to keep you stuck small and tiny. So if you can just believe that no one can tell the difference between your 90% and your 100%, except you, then let your 90% out, bring it out into the world. You will feel better. You will feel softer. The entirety of my whole bottom half just released like, oh, okay, put down your perfectionism. And then finally, possibly most importantly here, um, but I had to sort of ease you into it, there is breath work. I'm going to talk for a whole podcast episode about breath work next week, but this week I want to talk about energetically how breath work is actively feeling whatever you're feeling 
and moving that energy through you so that you're lighter on the other side of it. So this week, I've had to do breath work to deal with all of the political Kavanaugh sexual allegation things because they are so, um, it's a politically charged climate. They are in the ether here and I can try and deny it. I can try and just ignore it. I can try and be like vaguely, quietly angry or I can lie my ass down and I can do my breath work and I can move all of that through me and I can feel better on the other side of that. Because ultimately, Brett Kavanaugh is not worth ruining my day over. So let's move some stuff through and let's be able to go about our days and let's be able to do our work without having things that we don't have control over shut us down, freeze us, stunt us, or keep us small. So breathwork officially, and again, I'm going to go into this next week, is you lie down on a bed, a couch, the floor, the ground, it doesn't matter. And you do a breathing pattern for anywhere between 20 and 30 minutes. It's guided with me and you feel some feels. And at the end of breath work, you feel better. You feel lighter. You feel more connected with yourself, with your world, with the universe, with divine energy. It's really fucking cool. It is an experiential process though. It is not something that is verbal. It is wordless. So I want you to head to breatheheelrepeat.com or go to kristenkelp.com and click breathwork. And there is literally a class for you that is free called Lighter. So whether you need to lose energetic weight or physical weight that's not in your body or financial weight, may you... Find the courage to let go of everything you don't need. May you find the wisdom and the beauty in letting go. And may you feel lighter today and every single day from here on out. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next week. Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The Antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly or not so quietly, scream sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format, one gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need 
in November now. And we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.